Hi, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Let's jump in. Uh, Look to your neighbor real quick. All right, I'll preface this before we even get started. I'm a student pastor. I like to talk and I like to get talk, like I like you to talk back to me. Is that cool? Can we do that this morning? So let's look at your neighbor, say that doesn't fit. Look at your other neighbor, punch him in the arm, say that doesn't fit. Yeah, I'm, I'm used to the rambunctious little middle schoolers decking each other. So I need to see some, I need to see some fist on anybody. Duke, I saw you buddy, you better be careful. Uh, Listen, uh, it's such an honor, but before we jump in, we're going to jump into Ephesians chapter 6 is is where our text is found today. Uh, Before we do that, I just kind of want to give you a little bit of the historical context of where we're at, uh, what's taking place in this chapter. Uh, And so Paul is is writing to Ephesus. This is a a letter that was uh, circulated more than likely to all the churches within within Ephesus, Uh, and he's writing to what scholars believe to be the most mature church that ever existed. Uh, They had Paul that came in, started the church, did ministry there for for three or so years. Timothy came in after that. So they had some solid leaders uh, to to build a a solid foundation. And so that's what we're looking at at Ephesus. This wasn't a letter uh, like we see in Galatians or the letter to the Corinthians where he's teaching or instructing or correcting. This is a letter uh, of him saying, hey, this is who you are. This is is almost a reminder of who they are in God and, and that there's a goal at hand. He's kind of reminding them that there's a task at hand that they were made for a purpose, on purpose for this moment. Uh, And so he's kind of just reminding them of that. uh, And then he's setting them out with a final charge. Uh, And so the cool thing about this is that uh, historically theologians believe that uh, Paul was actually, he was in prison at this moment when he's writing this letter, but some theologians believe that he was actually chained to a guard. So he he was up close and personal to these Roman guards, these soldiers. Uh, And so you're going to see the context of of what uh, the the illustration that Paul chooses to use. It makes a lot of sense because he's literally chained to a dude uh, so he can see everything about his outfit. And so he uses this Roman guard's outfit to kind of equate the gifts that God has given us and the tools that he's given us to defeat the enemy. And so that's what we're going to talk about uh, today. We have a teacher in Paul who is potentially passing on his final words to his most prized uh, pupil. And that kind of reminds me of Pathway, right? We've had some incredible leaders even before our our leadership. Now this church has just a heritage of leadership, uh, just incredible men, women that have, have laid the groundworks, and Pastor Travis obviously is just incredible. Uh, and so Pathway Church to me is an Ephesus. We're, 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 you're sound in your doctrine. You love people. You love Jesus. Uh, you love this city, and you, you're sound uh, in, in his word. And so, uh, so today, my goal is to do kind of what Paul did. Is I'm not going to tell you anything you've never heard this morning. I'm not going to teach you anything new. But my goal is hopefully that the Holy Spirit will quicken you, that he will remind you, hey, we're here for a purpose. Purpose. We've got a goal. To, we, it's not enough to just be a passive Christian. It's not enough to come in here and take up a seat or a cushion. It's not enough to just breathe the air that, man, we're meant to take ground. We're meant to push forward. We're, we're meant to take back our city. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. All right. So if you will, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start reading in verse 10. 
says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in, his, and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We'll stop right there. Let's pray real quick. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your presence and your power that we have felt in this place. God, we know that you are here. God, that you are moving. God, we just ask that you continue to do so. God, that you will just begin to open up our hearts, open up our minds. God, if there's anything that's hidden in the dark, that God, today it will be brought to light. God, that you'll help strengthen us uh, as individuals, as a body. God, help us love people better. Help us to, to re remind ourselves that we're called, we have a purpose, uh, and God, that we are here uh, to do the work of your kingdom. So we love you and we pray you in Jesus name everybody said amen amen, amen. so uh, believe it or not okay I, I the last few, few years have been rough I'm not gonna lie I got some city miles on me okay but but back in the day all right I used to play a little sports okay I played baseball played basketball played football uh, and uh, and so I remember a story of this one time I was I was preparing to make the jump if you ever remember making the jump from like city league to school ball. Anybody remember that? Like the, the, the jump between doing city league ball to school ball is just cool. Like it just felt special to have their, your school's name on your chest. And so that's where I was at in basketball. I was about to join, it was at a small private school. Uh, we had a JV and a varsity, that was it. And so I was, I was, I was about to join the JV team. And so listen, I, I got made fun of this when I played ball, but I, even if I'm not going to play good, I want to look good. You know what I'm saying? I, I, had, to, I had to have the uniform straight, my, like people would make fun of me because I'm putting on deodorant, cologne, and stuff. Look, I just want to. I just want to look. I, when I look good, I felt good. I, pl I played good. That's just my mind, the mindset that I had. And so I was excited, man. I was ready to get my uniform, get it strapped on, get ready to go. And uh, so it comes time for us to be able to to get our uniforms, man. It's an exciting day. They're handing out uniforms, uh, and so they start handing out uniforms. And so I have a brother who's who's 10 years older than I am. Went to the went to the same school, uh, and as they started handing these uniforms out, I realized, hey, that looks really familiar. Um, and so what we found out was is that there's not really a budget for JV uniforms, so you get the leftovers. Uh, and so they start handing out these like 15, 20 year old uniforms. The elastic is worn out of them. Anybody got like a favorite pair of short or like underwear that just the elastic? No, is that just, that's just me. Okay. <laughs> Where the elastic is just not there anymore and you, you're fighting to keep them, but it's just like, Haley's like, baby, you just got to throw them away. You just got to give up. That's what these shorts were. This uniform was ratty tat, terrible, no elastic, having to tie strings around our waist. They didn't have a drawstring, okay? And so not only are they terrible uniforms, terrible quality and all that good stuff, uh, they get to me and by the time they get to me, they've ran out all of the normal sizes. So like I said, I've, I've got some city miles on me. So at that time, believe it or not, I was probably about 120 pounds soaking wet. I was a scrawny little joker, okay? By the time they get to me, all they got left is a 2X. Anybody, if you know, if you know anything about 
sizes, okay, 120 and 2X don't really go together, okay? Uh, so terrible shorts, terrible experience. I'm playing basketball. I've got my pants rolled up like eight times, right? And they're still down to my ankles. I look like it, it, was, it was miserable, okay? It felt terrible, looked terrible. And I remember trying to play a game in that outfit. I remember trying to, to play defense and hold my pants. It's really hard to hold your pants up with one hand and shoot with the other, right? It's just, because if you don't, like I'm not gonna be that guy in the yearbook that's like oh, most likely to lose his pants on the basketball court. That's, that's not gonna be me. So I'm holding my pants, I'm playing defense. And so it was a miserable experience. Eventually, we finally did a fundraiser. We were like, man, we're sick of this. We're gonna bag some groceries or something. Uh, and we got some uniforms in. Uh, but it reminds me of a story we're going we're gonna to talk about just briefly uh, a story that all of you have probably heard at some point in your life. It's a story of David, and it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. I just want to reference it, so I'm just going to uh, kind of give you the Cliff Notes version, the Cody Notes version uh, of this story. But what happened was is that, you know, the Israelites were out to battle. They were facing the Philistines. Goliath is talking all kinds of smack. He's calling out them. He's calling out their God. He's calling out their mamas. He's talking just dirty. I mean, he's calling them out. And so David shows up. Just as a delivery boy, he brought some cheese and some stuff. Shows up as a delivery boy, hears what's going on, says, hey, he's not going to talk about my God like that. He's not going to, anybody ever say, said something about your mama and you're like, hold up. Like, you know, this is, this is the kind of pride that David had. He said, hey, this, this guy's not going to talk about my God like this. So, you know, the story, he says, hey, I want to fight this joker. And so he goes to, to, to fight him, and King Saul's like, hey, you're going to get killed, but let me give you some armor anyway to, to maybe soften the blow. So he tries to put on his armor, uh, and, you know, Saul is a grown man. He's a king. David is a, that scrawny little junior high boy, uh, 120, little dude, tries to put on the armor. It just doesn't work out, right? It doesn't fit. It's not going to work. He says, I can't, I can't do this. It's, it's slowing me down. I can't move. I'm, I can't be mobile. And so he takes off the armor. He makes the decision to take off the armor. Uh, and I want to read real quick uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 45, okay? And he said this, David, uh, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. This joker is dog dogging them out at this point, right? He, he is not just dogging Goliath, but he's dogging the whole army out. And so in the story, we see Saul's armor didn't fit. It wasn't created for David. David came against them, chose to come against them in the name of the Lord, in the name of, of, of the God of Israel and his strength. Uh, but if he would have done it Saul's way, if he would have done it the way that Saul preferred him to, uh, then he would have failed, right? There's no way he would have been able to, to defeat this giant uh, in this huge armor. It just wasn't going to happen. And so it's, it's kind of a picture of us. When we try to do it in our own strength, when we try to do it our own way, listen, we're destined to fail. We're going to fail every single time. We're not good enough. We're not strong enough. We're, we just can't do it. We weren't created to do it on our own. And so many times I feel like, you know, we live our lives trying to fill our lives with things. Uh, we try to do things on our own way. And listen, uh, we try to fight this battle in armor that wasn't created for us. And so when you try to fight battle in armor that wasn't created for you, you're, you're gonna feel out of place. It's not, gonna, it's not gonna flow the way it was supposed to. And so we get rid of things in our lives 
that are holding us back. We have to, to make a decision to shed off the things in our lives. Listen, armor is not a bad thing, right? Armor is a good thing. It's, it's a good thing. Soldiers needed armor. But the fact of the matter was is that armor wasn't created for him. It wasn't meant for him. And so it was detrimental to him. So listen, there's things in your lives that are good for you. They're, they're not necessarily bad things. But if they're getting in the way of what God's called you to do, then they become detrimental to your spiritual growth. If, they, if, they're, if they're stunning your spiritual growth, man, they're gonna paralyze the potential that you have to take ground. They're gonna paralyze the call of God that he's placed on your life. And so we've gotta be able to recognize those things in our lives. God, what is it in my life? What are the things in my life, whether good or bad, that I need to shed off so that I can fight, so that I can take ground, so that I can take my family back? What are those things in my life that I need to see, recognize, and shed off? We're instructed to put on the armor, which implies that we don't just have it on, right? We don't just wake up every day and have it on our body. It's a, every day, it's a conscious decision uh, to put on the full armor of God. We have to make a choice. We have to make the conscious effort, the conscious decision to put on the armor of God. And so the passage begins uh, with Paul saying, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And this is the key to everything. Without this, the, the armor of God stuff is, is just a cool illustration. Uh, the key to understanding the armor of God and, that it, and letting it be effective in our lives is that our strength comes from his power. Our strength comes from his power. We can't do it on our own. We weren't meant to do it on our own. We weren't meant to carry the extra stuff. Jesus said, hey, cast those burdens on me. Cast those cares on me. We weren't meant to carry all the junk. Can't do it on our own. All the pieces of the armor belong to God. All the pieces of the armor were given to us so that we can defend ourselves against the attacks of the enemy. So he gives us six, he gives us six tools for us to be able to defend, uh, to defeat the enemy. Number one is this, truth. The first one is truth. The belt of truth is the first of the armor listed uh, because without truth, we're lost. Without truth, there, there's nothing to stand on. And so the, the cool part historically is if the next thing we're going to talk about is the breastplate of righteousness. If I try to put on my breastplate and my belt isn't tight, if it's not fastened, the belt was what held the breastplate in place. And so if we don't have truth, then we don't have anything to stand on. The truth, that, listen, I, I, I'm a student pastor, so I hear this all the time. Uh, you know, it's my truth. My, like, listen, truth, that, my truth is not a thing, okay? Truth isn't relative. Truth is found in the Word of God. His name is Jesus. Truth, it doesn't change. It doesn't waver. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not going to change. Listen, your experiences, I, I'm not discrediting, discrediting those at all, but the truth doesn't change. The truth is permanent. The truth is Jesus, and so if we're not firm in knowing who Jesus is, if we're not firm in knowing that Jesus has called us, has anointed us, has chosen us, and we don't stand in the truth, then we have no, no grounds. We have no foot, we, the, the rest of the armor is completely useless because the truth is the glue that holds it all together. The truth is the glue that holds it all together. It's really hard, just like my story, it's really hard to chase down and kill an enemy with your pants around your ankles, right? You can't do it. The truth is what holds it all together. The second thing is this, righteousness, righteousness. He gives us a breastplate of righteousness. Obviously, a breastplate is pretty important, right? It covers some pretty important things. Your heart is a pretty important thing. Lungs are, are, are pretty vital to your body, right? And so it, it covers some really, really important things. Um, 
and we guard our hearts by pursuing righteousness. Listen, our efforts are, are always going to fall. They're always going to fail. But, but it's our job to pursue righteousness. To do, if we messed up yesterday, man, turn around and just keep pushing, keep pressing. It's never going to be good enough. But God, I'm going to give it everything that I've got. I'm going to pursue righteousness. I'm going to pursue purity. I'm going to pursue holiness. And when I do that, man, God's going to come alongside of me and he's going to take the reins, right? When we, when we do what we can do, the verse was talking about, when you, after you've done everything that you can do, just stand. So you do what you can do. You pursue righteousness. You follow after him. You read his word. You get in his presence. And then when, when after all of that, you just stand and let God do his thing. Listen, the, uh, this was the, the, the coolest part about this to me is uh, obviously we're talking about Roman uh, guard uh, equipment or armor or whatever. Uh, but... The breastplate was also something that was used in Judaism, and it was prevalent in Judaism, and it was used, uh, it was placed on the high priest as a sign, like, hey, this is my anointed, this is my chosen, and, and they had some, some jewels on them, they were blinged out, it was a, it was a cool little breast, breastplate, uh, but it was a sign that this is my, per- this is my chosen anointed person, I, I've, I've anointed them to lead you, uh, and so I just think this is a beautiful picture of Jesus and what he did when he came and he said, you know what, listen, your righteousness is filthy rags, but you can, I'm going to take off my breastplate and I'm going to call you a son. I'm going to call you a daughter. You're a chosen. You're more than a conqueror. When, listen, when Jesus stepped into your life, he calls you by his name. He calls you his own and he takes off his breastplate and he says, look, my righteousness is sufficient enough to protect you. My righteousness is sufficient enough to carry you through. Come on. The third thing was peace, peace. A soldier's battle shoes were, were studded. They had nails or studs in the bottom of them. They were, they were made like cleats like we have today. Uh, because if you lose your ground, if you lose your footing, if you watch MMA uh, or UFC or anything, you know, I, I'm a big UFC fan myself, but uh, Haley's not so much. Um, but anyway, uh, if, you, if you watch that, when somebody loses their footing, when they lose their ground, man, it's really hard to fight back. Listen, it's the same way with this. When, when the, the shoes were made this way so that we can have our ground, we can, we can stand our ground, we can hold our ground. Uh, but in addition to standing our ground, these shoes were also made to, to take ground, right? We wear were, we were shoes in football. If we, if we didn't have cleats on in football, we'd be slipping and sliding all over the place. They're, they're made for us to, to take the ground. They were made for us to, to charge. And so uh, we are called to not just stand in peace, we're called to walk in peace. It calls us to walk in peace. So listen, peace, it's, it's not really peace if I'm just standing and trying to stay in my safe little bubble and, and I'm feeling, I feel safe, that's, that's feeling safe. Peace is knowing that, hey, I can walk in the middle of a battlefield, I can walk into my schools, I can walk into my workplace and know and be confident that God's got me and there's, there's a peace that comes with that. That's, that's where peace, peace is, we're, we're, we're meant to take ground. We're meant to walk in peace. You know, I, uh, Josh, I was preaching over at airport the first service, and uh, if, if you know Josh White, he's a, he's a pretty large dude. He kind of reminds me, uh, he's, like a, he's like a duke or uh, like is Greg Banks in here, one of, one of them jokers, just a big dude. Like if I was walking down the street and I was ready to fight somebody, I'd be like, hello, sir, have a great day. Like, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the next guy, right? I'm going to pick a fight with the next dude. Just a, just a big dude. And uh, he's probably, he said he's 6'2". To me, he's 6'4", he's 6'5". He's, he's, a, he's a giant. 
uh, to me. But we were talking Friday night, and uh, I don't know how we got on the topic, but he, uh, <laughs> he started telling me, talking about how he has like abnormally small feet, like just really small feet. I'm like, dude, what do you mean? And he's like, well, dude, I'm, you know, 6'2", and I wear a 9. And I'm like, you wear a 9? Dude, I, I know junior hires that wear 10s. <laughs> I was like, dude, listen, I have his permission. So he, I, t- I told him, I was like, you're not going to beat me up if I tell this story. He's like, no, you good. So listen, I, I, I'm a short joker. I wear a 10, all right? I wear a size 10, mostly because my feet are fat, okay? And I need a little extra wiggle room, right? But that still, he wears a 9. At the very least, I wear a 9 and a half. Big old joker. He's, I said, dude, there's no way your feet are that small. You're just cramming your feet into these shoes. And he, uh, he was like, he just laughed. But I believe that we, uh, we sometimes do that spiritually. That many of us are trying to, to cram our feet into shoes that were never meant to carry the weight of the purpose and the plan that God has for your life. We're, we're trying to cram our feet. Listen, I've got a little boy right now who's, who's running around, and his, his big thing is he don't like shoes. He wants to run around barefoot, okay? So if you see a little Walmart baby walking around with black feet, that's, that's mine, okay? He's mine, all right? So he's in this phase, but, but picked up his foot the other day, and he's got like a, a blister on each foot. And I'm like, dude, you're just you're wearing your feet out. But how many times do we, listen, when we try to cram our feet, when we try to, to force something that was never meant for us, like it, when we try to, or if we try to walk around barefoot, you're causing yourself uh, unnecessary pain. You're causing yourself unnecessary pain. Listen, you can't fill that void with anything else. There's not a man or a woman or a relationship. There's not a pill. There's not a bottle that can fill that void. It's a God-sized hole. And we try to cram all of these things in life, try to make them fit. We try to make them, make them really fit our agenda, right? But you're causing yourself unnecessary pain. You were never meant to feel that pain. You were never meant to, to, to put your feet into something that wasn't meant for you to wear. Listen, the shoes you're trying to wear right now, analyze them. Maybe, maybe the call of God on your life is too, is too valuable. It's too heavy. It's too, it's, it's too important to waste on some, some, some stinking Walmart shoes. You know what I mean? Like some, the, anybody have like Walmart flip-flops that they go buy when they go to camp and stuff? Like, don't walk out your purpose in Walmart flip-flops, okay? That's not, that's not what God called us to do. You're, you're called. You're chosen. He has given you a purpose. Let's walk in it. Our peace comes from the gospel. Our peace comes from knowing what he did on the cross and being confident in that. Number four is this, faith. Faith. So Paul equates faith to a shield, uh, he, he equates faith to a shield. And the Roman shield of the time was called a scutum, okay? And this type of shield was like the size of a door, so it protected his whole, his whole body. Uh, and the cool thing that I saw, if you've ever seen any of the, the like old, like not old, but the war movies where like 300, when they all get together and they put their shields up, they would, they would do this in the Roman times. They would get together and they would, we, they would put their shields together and create something called a tortuso, which, is, which, which means tortoise. And so they would create this shell, this wall between them and the enemy. And whenever they did that, it made them very, very hard to penetrate with arrows. So if they were getting shot at from the sky, it was really hard to penetrate the wall that they had built. Listen, we're better together. Listen, you can stand, you can fight on your own, you can try to do it all by yourself, but there is nothing like, and I love online church, thank you so much for joining us, but there's nothing like being in this room with believers who are like-minded, 
who love Jesus, there's something special about when we step into a room with people who, who have a like mind and a like heart and say, God, I want your presence to fill my life today. Something special happens. It's unique. Listen, we're better together. You can't do it on your own. If you're not plugged in, get plugged in. This is an incredible body. People who, 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 are, who are genuine, who love. Do we mess up? All the time. But man, we love God. And we love you. Listen, if you don't have, if, if this isn't your home, or you don't have a home church, make, it, make this your home church. Find a home church. Get plugged in somewhere because we need each other. The shield is the first barrier that we have against the, the attacks of the enemy. So when Satan accuses us, faith chooses to believe that Jesus has already redeemed us. Faith is a, faith is a choice. It's a decision that we make. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what, what I think about myself. Faith, you know what? Faith is choosing to believe that I'm a son of God even though I feel like an orphan. Faith is choosing to believe that I'm a daughter, that even though I feel like an orphan, I might feel like God is miles away. I might feel like God doesn't see me or he doesn't care, but faith is choosing to wake up and say, God, I might not feel the goosebumps. I might not feel your presence, but God, I know that you're here. I know that you see me. I know that you love me. That's faith. It's a choice. Fifth thing is the salvation. When a soldier suits up for battle, he puts on his helmet. It's the last thing he puts on. Super important. Obviously, if, if he wasn't wearing a helmet, you destroy the head. You take out the head, you take out the rest of the body. So it's a pretty important piece of equipment. Listen, if the enemy, I remember, I remember playing baseball. I'll give you another sports analogy. My coach used to always tell me, hey, the battle isn't between the lines. It's between your ears. It's the war between your ears. Listen, if the enemy can win the war between, if he can win the battle between your ears, then he's already won the war. We've got to guard our minds. We've got to protect ourselves. When the enemy creeps in with, with the, the doubt and the thought and the you're not good enough, you weren't called, you're not chosen, those, those thoughts start to creep in. When we've, got to, we've got to stand up and say, we've got to put on that helmet and say, God, I know that you've chosen me. God, I know that you've called me. It's a daily process. Salvation is daily protection, deliverance, from our sin nature. How many of you are glad that, you know what, I, I, I'm not where I wanna be, but man, God, I'm, I'm glad I can look back and see that I'm, I'm not where I was either. That you've, God, you've brought me, you've carried me, you've sustained me. That's salvation, that's the beauty of it. It's, it's, we're, not, we're not where we're going yet, but we're not where we were. We, don't, we can look back and see the providence of God. We can look back and see that God has had our back the entire way. Number six, God's word. God's word is the greatest offensive weapon that we have. When Jesus was tempted, when he was attacked by the enemy, what did he do? He used the words of God, the words that God spoke. He, he combated the lies of the enemy with the truth of who God said he was. We've got to do the same thing. Man, when the enemy comes knocking, we, we, listen, this is the biggest thing. I know it's simple and I know this is, a, this is an Ephesus church, right? But sometimes we need a little kick in the pants. Get in your word, read your word. If you don't know the truth that God said about you, then how can you combat the lies of the enemy? 
That's why we have a generation of people who are so lost in what the world says and who are so lost in the labels that everybody places on them because they don't know the truth of who they are. They don't know what God's word says. Get in your word. Learn what God says about you. He loves you. You're chosen. You're beautiful. You're called. You're anointed. Something that stood out to me when I was studying, this was just really cool to me. And I had a little bit of confirmation Thursday night with uh, Pastor Chad. Me and him were just talking about it. And it was something that he, he had noticed too, is that out of all the tools, out of all the armor, out of everything that God gave us to protect ourselves, to defend ourselves, to take ground, he didn't give us anything to protect our back. Pathway Church, I believe that he didn't give us anything to take, protect our back because we were not called to retreat. We were not called to turn back. When you put your hands to the plow, you push forward, you dig your feet in, you go with all that you've got, with all, that all of your might, we push forward. We weren't meant to retreat. We weren't meant to go backwards. We're called to take ground. You know, I've read the, the scripture, the, the, the Peter and Jesus were having a conversation and Jesus was talking about the gates of hell. I'm gonna build my church on you and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. And for my whole life almost, when I read that verse, I thought of it from the stance of the, the enemy was on the offensive. The enemy was attacking, that, that the gates of hell, which doesn't make sense if you think about it. I've never seen anybody pick up a gate and try to, try to use it as a weapon. Typically a gate is used as a defensive measure. It's used to keep people out. And so what Jesus is saying right there, listen to this, Jesus is saying, hey, we were meant to take ground. We were called to take ground. And listen, if you will just go, if you'll dig your feet in and do what I've called you to do, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. The gates of hell in your home cannot prevail against you. The gates of hell in our city and in our schools cannot stand up. When we decide to say, God, I'm gonna go after you. I'm gonna dig in, I'm gonna win my city, I'm gonna win my family. Come on, we were called to take ground. Let's take it back. So we've got nothing, and I'm closing with this. We've got nothing protecting our back. So what if Satan tries to come in sneak attack style, ninja, come in the back way, take us out, right? What happens then? David says something in Psalm chapter 23, I love it. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, how was David able to say this? How was David able to be so confident in saying, God, even if I'm sitting in the presence of my worst enemy, even if I'm sitting in the presence of people who, who wanna harm me, who don't care about me, who don't love me, how can I know and be confident that you're gonna protect me, that you're gonna see me through? It's because he had been there. He had done that. He had been at the table with his enemy and God brought him through. Pathway Church, let's worry about taking ground. Listen, we were called to take ground. We were called to push forward. We were called to take back our families. If you've got family who are lost, keep pushing, keep pressing forward because God is going to come through. He sees us. He says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Listen, you worry about taking ground. 
You worry about being on the offensive. And if Satan tries that stuff, David says it right here, surely goodness and mercy got my back. You gotta be confident in your walk and say, God, I'm gonna press forward. If the enemy tries to take me out, I know your goodness, that your mercy is gonna follow me, that you got my back, that you're not gonna let me fall. Gotta be confident in that. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us give. We'll see you next week.